Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. Hi there, Jeffrey. Hi, Squirrel. So we've had guests for a while, so I'm forgetting what it's like to do one ourselves. This is going to be fun. You have a topic, I think. I, I do. I'm, I'm inspired by an exchange on Twitter, uh, link in the show notes, of course, um, that came up about a week ago. And this is a, a, from a thread started by Brian Merrick. And um, for people who don't know, Brian was someone who was a, one of the original signatories of the Agile Manifesto. And uh, he has decided that he is no longer going to talk to people uh, about Agile. <laughs> he says he's decided he's nothing useful to say about the current relevance of the movement called Agile. And he's now going to decline interviews or to talk invitations to talk about is what he calls his accidental but sincere association with the 2001 movement. Um, and I think that's really interesting. And he did, there's more in the thread. One of the things he said is, you know, he, he believes both that the spirit of what came to be called Agile was great and liberatory. And two, it got dumbed down and co-opted rather quickly. And, um, you know, he, he, fortunately, he's still there to encourage those of us who'd like to still recover its original spirit. But he says he has nothing useful to say. And I thought it was interesting, too, that someone else that you and I both know, Rachel Davies, chimed in and said, likewise, that she no longer uh, uh, takes those uh, invitations. So I thought that was really interesting that this um, person who I respect and have been very influential for me uh, uh, has decided to not talk about Agile. And it kind of begged the question for me of, you know, why do I feel differently? Why do I and why do we still talk about Agile? Why do we call our book? Uh, uh, Agile Conversations? Why do we call our podcast Troubleshooting Agile? We're not shying away from it. What's the difference between us and, 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 and others who've been long time in the Agile game? But, but I'll say something, which is that, if you, as you pointed out when we talked about this before, if you look on my website, you won't see the word Agile anywhere. And you won't see me going to, I've even pejoratively called it the, the Agile Ghetto. I've, I've described conferences and talks and books and workshops and so on that are very heavily focused on ad, quote unquote Agile with a capital A and capital letters everywhere techniques and um, looking things up in the book and, and following a, a sequence of steps and, and even being dogmatic about extreme programming or something like that. I've described those as kind of a dead end. And I, I have friends who I, I really feel badly for because uh, they, they don't seem to be able to get out of the software development part of the business. And I always see software as subservient to a, a gold owner, somebody with uh, a profit center. And those are the people that I try to talk to. And they don't talk about Agile. They might talk about it pejoratively, say those developers are doing some Agile thing, but it's not helping me. Or um, very, very rarely you'll find somebody who says, yeah, we tried this Agile thing and it worked for us. So I I'm actually with Rachel and Brian in that my marketing doesn't have Agile on it anywhere. But at the same time, I'm perfectly happy to have a book out called Agile Ad uh, Conversations and to be talking on a podcast today called Troubleshooting Agile. I'm fine with that. I can say more about it, but uh, I'm, I'm not too interested in marketing my own work using that moniker. And, which is interesting, I, I think, um, and I think it makes a lot of sense, especially given your uh, consulting. So you you will go in, and I, you know, we've talked about this in the past, and people on the on the podcast won't be surprised that when you go in, you're often advocating things that people with an agile background would recognize as agile. Absolutely, you just you just don't talk about them in those terms. Mm -hmm. and, and I intentionally don't do that because those terms tend to be meaningful only to a portion of my audience. 
It might be only the software developers, only the system admins, only uh, the product managers. And I'd rather talk to the whole group that for whom these ideas are relevant. And if they need to go look up some labels, they can do that. It's interesting. I, I, for me, uh, it's a, a bit different. And I um, like the title of our podcast, Troubleshooting Agile. And I like the, Absolutely. The, the choice of our book. But the reason for it, and again, it wasn't so much about marketing out trying to change the world, but it's very much about trying to reach people who are looking to improve, people who are looking to do better. And um, and actually, I think there's an interesting segue here. We did a, a poll to our listeners um, not long ago, and we asked people, you know, why do you listen to Troubleshooting Agile? And Let's be uh, fair. It was pretty long ago, actually, now that we've done all these <laughs> interviews. So we've been sitting on this poll for a while, but the pub results were public, and they were not surprising at all. Yep. And, uh, uh, and we had them on, on, on both LinkedIn and we had it on uh, another poll on, on uh, Twitter. And they were, they were pretty substantially the same, which is the vast majority of people, almost 80% of the respondents said that they listen to the podcast because they want to change things, that they're motivated. And that was, that was my thinking in using the Agile term is that people who still use it sincerely, um, they may not uh, fully understand it. They may not have the same uh, original motivations that it was inspiring to Brian and, and to myself back in the early days of Agile, um, but they are open to change and they're they're looking to to improve things, and and those are the people who I'm excited to try to reach. Um, I, I do think it's interesting about this you know this spirit that um, uh, Brian talked about because I do think Agile uh, and and it's an interesting segue to what you described, Squirrel of about software development because agile really did start among practitioners absolutely and it was the people who were writing code who were in you know or as in brian's case testing Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's been its strength and its weakness yeah Uh, can you say more about that sure the uh, idea of having a team that would be really uh, iterative and have rapid feedback and great new ideas would come up and the team would rapidly implement them and get feedback from customers and make progress every day. Those are amazing ideas. Well, we're not going to achieve those every time. So, and, and I'm okay with that. Uh, I, I don't have an exp- I think it's very easy to oversell what you're supposed to get from uh, an Agile team. And some of us may manage to hit Joy at Work or Joy Inc. or one of those fabulous books and, and the results that those people get. Excellent. Let's aim for that. That sounds super to me. But I, I'm, I'm not attached to the notion that, that you, you must achieve those results. And if you don't, you're, you're going to be miserable. And, and that's what I often kind of get from the, the sort of old-time, somewhat bitter agile practitioners who say, yeah, I had that one great project. It was fantastic. And everyone else has corrupted the ideas. And I think they're just missing the, maybe I'm just being the glass half full guy, but they're, they're missing all the wonderful things that have happened and have manifestly improved results for companies. Maybe not as much for the software developers within those companies as we might have liked. But uh, the point of a company is to uh, is to earn profit and to, to make a, a positive result for its customers and, and not to make its software developers happy. So I think that's the strength is it's really attractive to software developers and it was originated by them. And the weakness is it's really attractive to software developers and <laughs> sometimes blinds them, in, at least in my experience. What's yours? Uh, I, oh, I have some similarities and some differences. I, I, one of the things, and we'll put a link in the show notes, um, in this thread, Brian had, had 
linked to an article he wrote in uh, 2007, and he talked about the forgotten Agile values. And we've actually linked to some other uh, posts from Brian on the same topic before. But one of the the quotes he had in there, he he did talk about so many of the uh, original advocates for Agile became so because of that one great project you talked about, that one that made the awkwardness and nastiness and pointless unpleasantness of all the others seem a blight that has to be wiped out. Uh, um, I actually, I have a lot of uh, um, empathy for that. I actually, and I, I do think of um, joy in work has been, uh, is something that people have uh, forgotten. That was very motivating. And uh, I'm, I'm 100% in favor. It's just you're not going to find it every time. And that's still okay. You can still get good results. I would say that that's, I mean, I would say it's, it's, um, acceptable like it's it's realistic you're not always going to get there but i don't know that i would say I, I'm, I'm maybe a little less accepting than you are because it, i usually look at it as um the, the places where the things that are preventing us from being joyful in our project are symptoms we should probably be looking at 100 um, agree <laughs> and this is this is a lot of what i'll talk to people about and we've talked before about the kind of questions we would ask in a one-on-one and one of the ones that i think y- y- i got this from you was you know are you happy Absolutely. <laughs> what a great and, question. But but if the answer isn't yes 100% of the time, that doesn't mean we've all been a miserable failure and we should throw out Agile baby with the, with the bathwater. That, that's true. I do think there might be, a, I think there's definitely a problem though. Uh, it, it, in We'd say like if the, the techniques of Agile that help deliver business value have been the ones that have been most widely adopted. And I, and I think there, you know, there are a number of those. And you could say there are some uh, some elements that uh, their connection to business value is uh, less certain, but it would uh, make people happier. Then, then I think it's a problem. I, I do think it is, actually is a problem that those wouldn't be more widely adopted. Uh, that uh, you know, for example, the way that the, how people communicate uh, on the project, um, the, that there's something important about. Uh, having those interactions be ones that are um, positive, that leave people uh, excited, um, that they can disagree productively, not just for the purposes of delivering business value, but also for feeling like they're part of a team, to feel like they're part of something, uh, uh, um, you know, part of a great project and a team that's trying to improve and that cares about results. I think there's this emotional aspect that, I think for me is when I when I read about what Ryan uh, oh, Brian uh, talks about forgotten val- uh, agile values, uh, that is what people often lose sight of. And his, his by the way, his four things are skill and discipline and ease and joy. Um, that those elements have been often forgotten and not talked about beca- because it's harder to tie them to specific business value. Does that make sense at all? That that, that these things that are more nebulous, but still important part of the spirit might be things that are left behind because they don't sell as well to to management well i don't know whether they 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 don't they hmm. the challenge here and i've never been able to articulate this as well as i'd like the challenge here is some of the agile values and exactly the ones that are somewhat implicit in the manifesto but brian made a very nice uh, good job of of um making explicit some of those sound kind of self-serving they sound like, uh, you know, that, that that's a nice thing for you. And um, there's this imbalance, which I haven't quite got my head around. I kind of experience it, but I don't know how to put it, 
where we have these super talented people who have very rare skills and um, command high salaries and are kind of the wizards guarding the the secrets and the magic. And these amazing people uh, somehow get to dictate how the rest of the business runs. Th this is the inversion that I get all the time from a lot of my clients where, uh, you know, I haven't heard anything from the technology team. I can't ask them any questions. Uh, you know, they just don't seem to be doing anything visible for the last, oh, I don't know, 12 months. And, and uh, <laughs> th this inversion of power, I just think is, um, an, an inversion of accountability is really what it is that um, leads to exactly the kind of response that I think you're describing. Um, where, where those things, uh, ease and joy, they, they sound wonderful, but us hard-nosed business people, we're not going to do that, and we're certainly not going to be pushed around by those uh, uh, techie people who, who are getting too big for their britches. I get a lot of that, and um, I think the danger is there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a better way to look at it, which you've articulated well, Jeffrey, um, that uh, if if you were to pay attention to those things, you'd get better business results. But that might, might not be the way to sell it. <laughs> and and that's why I don't market on my own website. You can do Agile better. I can teach you how to use Scrum. Your stand-ups will be better. I say things like, you'll make more money. You'll waste less, uh, fewer resources on uh, projects that go nowhere. You'll, uh, you'll make insane uh, uh, products that everyone will love. Those are the sorts of things that I claim I can do. And guess how I do that? With a whole bunch of Agile techniques. <laughs> um, I just don't have to market <laughs> that way. And so I'd suggest if our listeners are looking for something to do, which we always try to give them, uh, one thing I would encourage them to do is look for ways to head for the both explicit and implicit Agile values and results and, um, and, and the direction that um, Brian and others pointed us all that long time ago. Uh, but you, you don't have to sell it as Agile. That's how I do it. I think that makes uh, perfect sense. Uh, I, I, in hearing you describe that sort of inversion, what I was reminded of is the um, Buddhist concept of near enemies, mm. uh, which is to say something that looks like uh, the, the virtue, but it is not. And the one that uh, always comes to mind is the, the near enemy of compassion is pity. Uh, it, it masquerades as compassion. And, and I think that kind of uh, what you're describing of uh, people who are, uh, and I've definitely seen the kind of anti-patterns you're describing, which is people have taken some of the messages of Agile and then warped them in a way that become, as you say, self-serving uh, rather than, and I, and I think are, are misaligned with what those really exciting, wonderful projects that got uh, some of the early agile people, myself included, really excited that sort of the the the, the joy of projects and and as you said a couple of books, Menlo Innovations, uh, they wrote a book called Joy Incorporated about how they run their business. Um, Dennis Bakke, which is not actually about agile, but someone who brought in uh, some ideas about decentralized uh, authority, uh, he wrote a book called joy at work. And he, he makes the case in, in his book, he says, you know, it's really important. And this is actually kind of a, a, a interesting uh, kind of line between us, perhaps, is he says that the challenge of if you, if you sell people on your more humanistic way of working as this will produce better results, then uh, when things don't go as well, uh, people will, will point to your 
your movement, your, uh, you know, agile, let's say, and say, oh, look, see, this would never work. Uh, you know, you, you, you had this sort of crazy idea about uh, empowering people, about letting them uh, talk to each other, like um, uh, have more control over the schedule and, and see it, it doesn't, it doesn't work. Ignoring the fact that, of course, you know, the traditional methods don't work 100% of the time either, that it can be difficult to, to sell those things. But he's, he makes the argument then, and it's interesting, it's a bit how it's different from yours, because he says, we should be arguing for empowerment of people um, because that's the way that you should treat people. And this resonates for me about how in Brian, in his paper, he says, joy in projects is its own justification. We shouldn't have to uh, need more uh uh, justification is we're going to do this because it's uh, 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 more joyful if we work this way. At the same time, I think Brian would be with you as far as, and of course, we still need to actually solve the problems. You know, he he talks about joy after skill and discipline, <laughs> which would be, I mean, do we have the the right skills and are we disciplined about what we're doing? You know, are we actually generating the results we need to? Uh, and joy is its own justification. So I think there's kind of a uh, for me how the, all these things come. Uh, uh, come together. Uh, I, I certainly still am a believer that we can get better business value, and people will be more joyful. Um, uh, and I'm uh, uh, optimistic, uh, actually, about the future. Uh, I'm I was convinced by something that uh, I saw Alistair Coburn talk about, um, probably more than a year ago now, where someone had there'd been a similar kind of trend of people saying agile has become a negative thing today. Uh, it's it's passe, and he made the point that um, actually there's if you think of agile as applying to knowledge work more generally as humanistic approach to work more generally, then we're probably still at the very early stages, um, and the fact that people have misunderstood it is uh, is okay because your two choices when you take a message mainstream are either that it will be ignored or it will be misunderstood, and sort of having it be somewhat misunderstood was the only. <laughs> Uh, uh, outcome that would be possible if it was actually going to have an impact on the world. Um, so anyway, that's a, a, a long diatribe here. Coming back to say, I'm still uh, agile positive. I agree with you. I, I probably I don't uh, um, use it as the leading uh, thing I talk to people about. I do talk about business value, but then I do very much care that in the end that the people who are doing the work they ideally they they should be enjoying it. Then then the people's joy on the projects is something that. Uh, I do think when people experience those better projects, make them uh, advocates for doing things in this different way. So I'm 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 optimistic, uh, and and uh, I appreciate uh, Brian posting about his current uh, status and and the fact that he's um, uh, tired of, of talking about it. I I, I don't blame him, but uh, I'm I'm still I'm still out here, uh, uh, hopefully taking that spirit forward. Likewise, uh, just with a, a slightly different focus. So uh, this has been a very interesting tour over our thoughts about uh, the, the podcast and its title and our book and its title and in general how people approach Agile. If you have a different point of view on that, we always like to hear from people who disagree with us. That's one of the best conversations that we can ever have. So get in touch with us, whether you agree or disagree, at agileconversations.com. You'll find Twitter and email and WhatsApp and probably lots of other stuff we haven't thought of yet that's on that website, and we'd love to hear from you there. And of course, you can also listen to us again next week. We'll be out next Wednesday with another edition of Troubleshooting Agile. Thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks, Carl.